Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll learn Daf Mem Zion in Masechah Sukkah. But we shall begin, four lines up from the bottom, in Mem Vav a fascinating concept, which you will recognize right away, which is, do what do we do with regards to the Sukkah in Shemini Atzeres? Do we sit in the Sukkah on Shemini Atzeres? When we ever we talk about Shemini Atzeres, I do think it bears repeating that we have a difference between Sukkot and Pesach. You know, Pesach and Sukkot are both seven days. And in both cases, we have an idea of bookends, meaning that the Torah says that we have Yontiv in the beginning, first days and last days, as we call them. And anytime we have politics with the in-laws, it's do you go for first days and last days, and how do you split them up? However, the last days of Sukkot and the last days of Pesach are quite different from each other indeed, right? Because whereas Pesach, it just, you have Yontiv at the end, and both days of Yontiv are Pesach, that Sukkot, it's sort of the last day of what we call Sukkot, Chag HaSukkot, of seven days, does not really have a bookend. Instead, it just kind of has like a, it hits a cliff at the end, a hard stop, followed by a separate Yontiv of Shemini Atzeret right up against it. And that, New Yontiv of Shemini Atzeret serves as the bookend for Sukkot. Uh, we can get into the sort of philosophy that it might represent. Really, it's just that's the way the Torah has it. Perhaps one way to sort of think about it is that on Pesach, that's considered the renewal in the beginning of the year, right? That as if the year is starting on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And so our renewal is sort of open-ended, and we go from the beginning of Pesach, and we just look forward towards the beginning of a new year, so we don't like a, have a yontiv, a separate yontiv, a hard stop, stopping it. It leads directly up to Shavuos. In fact, Rav Beinish Ginsburg Shlita from Ramat Chemish has a whole sefer explaining, developing the idea of the Ran and the Ramban, as I recall, where the Cholam Moed between Pesach and Shavuos is really one long sphera period, and that that time period is, in fact, the Cholamayin. And so in that sense, it, so to speak, Shavuos is the Shemini Atzeret, the Atzeret, right, as it's called in the Torah, of Pesach, as opposed to Shemini Atzeret, which is right up against uh, Sukkot, and maybe that represents sort of the culmination of all the Yon Darayim that are upon us, and sort of wrapping it up in a bow as the Israchag as we head into the cold winter. That having been said, the question then becomes, if Shemini Atzeret, as we hopefully will get to, if we can get to the Mishnah on Mem, top of Memches, when we get to that, we'll see the what we already saw in the beginning of Yuma, six ways in which Shemini Atzeret is in fact a totally different Yantiv than Sukkot. So if it is in fact a totally different Yantiv than Sukkot, then one of the things that we don't do is sit in a Sukkah on Shemini Atzeret. After all, it says, right, that you suppose in the Torah, you're supposed to sit in the Sukkah seven days. Shemini Atzeret has nothing to do with the Sukkah. So, the fact of the matter is that in Eretz Yisrael, there is no question about whether we're going to sit into the, in the sukkah on Shemini Atzeret, because sukkah only is on the seven days of sukkahs. However, in Chutz Aretz, where there is a calendrical doubt as to which day is in fact Yantiv, the, the eighth day right, of sukkahs, uh, or as it were, the first day of Shemini Atzeres might be the eighth day of Sukkot. And so we are left with a conundrum. If today is 
based on this calendrical doubt. If today is Sukkot, then we should, obviously, we're obligated to Minat Torah, to sit in the Sukkah. Whereas if today is already Shemini Yatzeret, then not only do we, should we not sit in the Sukkah, but perhaps one could argue that it is, in fact, disrespectful in a sense to the Chag, the standalone special Chag of Shemini Yatzeret, to do so. Because why are we doing things that are not appropriate for that day? We want to show, not that we're extending Sukkot, into Shemini Atzeres, but we are making a hard stop, as we will see in tomorrow's daf. There are things that we do to demonstrate, as a way of demonstrating kavod for Shemini Atzeres, the things that we do on Hoshana Rabbah, what we call, on the last day of Sukkot, to show that we're actually leaving the Sukkah and we're not viewing Shemini Atzeres as just a sort of like dead cat bounce, last gasp effort at having a wonderful Sukkot holiday, but rather a very special and important holiday in its own right, and we demonstrate that Dafka by not sitting in the sukkah. For example, when you are when you consider the mitzvah of lulav, nobody would bring a lulav on the first day in chutzlaritz of shemini atzeres as a consequence of calendrical doubt. So why would you sit in the sukkah if you're not going to bring a lulav? And so perhaps the answer there is again that with the lulav, it's obvious. You're being mezazel. If it is in fact Shemini Atzeres, then you're making mockery of Shemini Atzeres by saying that it's just some sort of poor man's version of Sukkot. And we do not want to do that, and therefore we don't bring the Lulav. However, the Sukkah, where it could, one could argue that you're just sitting in the Sukkah because it's Geshmak, and it's a wonderful experience, and having nothing to do with Sukkot, so perhaps there, that's where the doubt begins. And it was with that that we begin four lines up from Men Baba Mabez. Now we know what we're talking about. We're talking about Chutzlaretz. Chutzlaretz, where it's the first day of Shemini Atzeres, or we call Shemini Atzeres, the day before Simchas but it's also Suffolk, whether that's the last day of Sukkot in Chutzlaretz, Shvi L'Sukkah, Shemini L'Vracha. So the Shita, quoted in the name of Rav by Rabbi Yehuda, is that you treat it with, regard, with regards to sitting in the Sukkah as if it's still Sukkot. However, with regards to the Bracha, you treat it like it's yantav. This does not mean the bracha of leishev basukah. Um, Rashi over here is going to explain shmini lebracha shor betfila uberchas amazon bekiddush es yom hashmini chag atzeres hazeh. Which is to say, right? It would be awkward. How could you sit in the sukkah and make a leishev? And if you're doing that, so then one would argue, well. In all those things, those are symptoms, so to speak, of the fact that it's sukkahs. So you should say right? Keep everything consistent. No. Rabbi Huda says that with regards, and we'll see a little bit more, we'll develop this, but with regards to the sitting in the sukkah, you could sit in the sukkah. But in every other way, in terms of the kiddush, in terms of the tefillah, in terms of everything else you're going to do, you're not going to make any brachas that have to do with sukkah, and you're also not going to make mention of the fact that it's sukkahs. You're going to behave as though it is a separate new holiday of Shemini Atzeres. So that's the shita of Rav. However, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Shemini Lezev Lezev. You treat the whole thing like Shemini Atzeres, which is, uh, sounds like he's not sitting in the sukkah. The Gemara is going to explain exactly what Rabbi Yochanan is trying to say. Now, the Gemara is going to qualify this machlokas and say massive. With regards to sitting in the sukkah, everyone agrees that you should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day. Okay, keep pligi. What is the machlokas? Livruche, as Rashi says. In this context, he says whether you make the bracha on sitting in the sukkah. So whereas before, right when he said the bracha, he meant the that we treat it like all the brachas we treated entirely like Shemini Atzeres. Here he says we're talking about the bracha of Leishev Basukkah. So now the way we're qualifying it is like this. What's the machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rav? 
The machlokas is not whether you sit in the sukkah. The machlokas is whether you say a lay shave basukkah. So that's already an interesting machlokas. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan is going to say that you're going to keep the bracha consistent with Shemini Atzeres. So if you're going to say Shemini Atzeres and all of those things, right, and you're going to mention all of that in benching and in davening, so then why would you make a lay shave basukkah? That seems like a contradiction. As opposed to Rabbi Huda saying, listen, in the name of Rav, listen, you're sitting in the sukkah. You're sitting in a sukkah, you better make a leishe of a sukkah. Okay, that would be the machlokas. So as the Gemara develops, according to Rehuda, in the name of Rav, who says that you treat it the, the seventh, like, like it's the seventh day of sukkahs, bruche namin barchinan. You're going to make a bracha, right? Leishe of a sukkah. Lamanda amr shmini lezevelzeh, bruche lema barchinan. And is going to say that you're not going to say the bracha of leishe of So now, Amr of Yosef, Nakota of Yochanan beyadach, Yosef said, Take Rabbi Yochanan's halacha and take it strong and hold on to it. Why? That when I saw all the Gedol Ador in Bavel, right, in Gullus, sitting on the first day of Shemini Atzeres, which was the two-day Yontav in Gullus, Mesev Havu Yosve and Baruche Lo Bariche, they would sit in the sukkah and they would not say the bracha. Ah, Vidil Masvirlu, Commander Amar asks the Gemara, Rabbi Yosef saw this incident, right? He sees all the gedolim sitting in Bavel in the sukkah, right? And he sees that they're not making a bracha. That seems to say exactly like Rabbi Yochanan, who is a gadol, by the way, in Eretz Yisrael. And it sounds like that's the halacha. However, it's possibly not necessarily a stone-cold raya. Uh, why? A proof. It is possible that they hold of a different thing, which we had already mentioned, which is to say that it's possible that you only make the bracha of Leishev Basukah once at the beginning. You might recall, it says Basukah Steishu Shivas Yom, right? That you're supposed to sit in the sukkah seven days. We already talked about that. What does seven days mean? In the context of, um, of Pesach, by the way, it sounds like a week. In other words, seven days can mean seven individual days, and we're going to get deeply into this. But in, we'll give it away a little bit now. Sukkot turns out is seven individual yon, yom tovim, as indicated by the karbanos carbon bifneatzma. It's even mentioned like that. It's written like that, and is mashma like that in Parshas Pinchas in the Torah. It's like seven individual days of yom as opposed to uh, as opposed to Pesach, where it says shivas yomim. There it means like a week. So you can make a bracha. Of course, if you're kovei suda, you're going to make a bracha alchilas matz every day. Uh, however. You're only mechui of the very first day. It's possible that sukkah is broken up otherwise and is a little more of individual holidays. Be that as it may, there is a shita that holds that sukkah too is like only a week, and therefore you would make the leish of the sukkah that first night, just like the you make the alachilas matzah the first night at the seder, and after that you don't have to make another bracha again. So again, getting back to our gemara, what that means then is that when you saw the gedolim sitting in the sukkah, the fact they did not make the bracha, leishev v'sukkah, was not necessarily a reflection of the fact that they hold that you don't make a bracha on Shemini Atzeres. Could be that they hadn't make, been making a bracha at all this sukkah since the very first day. Rabbi Yosef, however, is going to defend um, the proof by saying, Gemiri afar asu. No. I learned the story. And when I heard the story, I learned that they came from the flower caves, uh, meaning they came somewhere from a giant Cholomoy trip. Achoran discussed what were they doing. They, they only came, the point in the Gemara, at least in the flow and context, is that they had not yet had the opportunity. The assumption there is as follows, that this idea of making the bracha for the first time that you're in the sukkah is not 
really limited to the very first night of Sukkot calendrically, but rather the very first opportunity you have on Sukkot, whichever day it turns out to be, um, that is when you make that first bracha. And that was, in fact, the tradition that Rabbi Yosef had of this story, which was that that's, in fact, when they came back from their trip, and therefore they would have made a bracha, but for the fact that it was Shemini Atzeres, and therefore it was even at the peril of missing the bracha entirely that, that year that they did not make the bracha because of the fact that it was no longer sukkahs in their mind of Shemini Atzeres. They held strong to this halacha of Yasvinan, of Bruche Lomavarchinan, that we sit in the sukkah but we do, on Shemini Atzeres, uh, but we do not make the bracha of Leishev. Now, there is another version of this machlokas we read of in the Avon Rabbi Yochanan in the Gemara, so let's say it in the Ikad Amis in the Gemara, Baruche, some say that the Machlokas is as follows. That even Rabbi Yehuda would say that you don't make the bracha leisha b'sukkah, ki pligi, what's the Machlokas? Lemesev. Whether you sit in the sukkah at all, at Shemini Atzeres, laman da'amar shiva l'sukkah, mesev yasvinan, laman da'amar shmini l'zev l'zev, mesev nami l'yasvinan. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, Marav, who says that you treat it like sukkahs, then you're going to sit, but everybody holds that you don't make the bracha. However, he who says that you treat it like a separate Yantiv, then you don't even sit in the sukkah. And that's where the Ritva explains. This is the zilzal, right, in Yantiv of Shemini Atzeres to sit in the sukkah. So that's where the Gemara says, on Rabbi Yosef, Nekot, Rabbi really a continuation again, even within that, Yekede Ami, it was Rabbi Yosef that likes Rabbi Yochanan's Pshat, Demar the Shmaita Mani, because who, in fact, is teaching this in the name of Rab? It's Rabbi Yehuda, otherwise known as Rabbi Yehuda Berei the Shmuel Bar Shilas. Rabbi Yehuda was the son, the very Rabbi Yehuda who quotes Rav as saying that you sit in the sukkah, was in fact the son of Shmuel Bashilas of Ishmini Safik Shvi Levarim Masukah Yasiv, who himself did not sit in the sukkah on the, right, right, uh, on the eighth day. So, basically, on the eighth day that was possibly the seventh. So therefore, since it, we see that Rabbi Yehuda, in fact, quoted Rav, but he himself didn't even hold like it, and therefore it's very unlikely that that would be the halacha. It's just brought almost for academic reasons, we'll call it, and therefore it is in fact Rabbi Yehuda, and that would agree with Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan's sheet of not sitting in the sukkah carries the day, at which point the Gemara records a final halachic decision as follows, famous, this is very, very famous, says the Gemara, that in fact, the halacha is, we sit in the sukkah on the first day of Shemini Atzeres in Chutz which is a calendrical doubt, so it's possibly the last day of Sukkah, so we sit in the Sukkah. However, Baruche lo mevarchinan. However, we do not make a leishev b'sukkah. Um, this is, in fact, brought down Shulchan Aruch. All the posts can say this. Everyone agrees with this. However, Hasidim don't agree with this. Hasidim, they will not sit in the Sukkah. I'm going to do something out of character. I'm going to uh, be meishev the reason for the Hasidim. Uh, in honor, um, I'm away with my wife, who's a, a descendant of the Baba of Dynasties, and therefore we could say, why do the Hasidim not sit in the sukkah? Of course, her father already, Allah Vashalom, uh, was a Litvak, and he, of course, followed this Gemara to the T, and the Halacha, of you sit and you don't make a bracha on the first day of Shemini Atzeres. For 16 years, we didn't have this because we lived in Israel, and God willing, this year we'll be uh, in Israel for sukkahs again, but... 
The Meiri gives no less than four reasons why this is the difference between a lulav and a sukkah with regards to this. Because again, we sit in the sukkah. Why would we sit in the sukkah altogether? We certainly don't shake lulav without a bracha. Why do we sit in the sukkah without a bracha? Why is that the halacha? The Meiri gives, uh, and you have to give reasons, right? Because again, by lulav, we don't do it. Maybe that's one reason, one way in which the Hasidim say, well, it's like lulav. Lulav we don't bring, so why should we sit in the sukkah? However, we said there's differences. Obviously, the lulav is more obvious. Another reason is that the lulav, right, if it's not usable for mitzvah, is actually muktzah. There's nothing wrong with sitting in the sukkah, really, except for there is something wrong. In fact, once it's no longer a cheftah mitzvah, the lulav just becomes a branch that is muktzah. So there are differences. It's a fascinating study. Um, I think the most simple thing is as follows. It, 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 it boils down a little bit to this lulav thing. Who are we kidding? I think in those days, it was much more likely for somebody to sit in the sukkah and it would not mean much, perhaps. It would be a more common thing, perhaps, to sit in the sukkah. We're talking about Hasidic dynasties born out of Siberia, okay? If they're sitting in the sukkah, it certainly would be a much more obvious uh, thing where they're doing it certainly only the Shei Mitzvah. Perhaps that's the beginnings of some of the uh, answers of why the, they had the practice of not sitting in a sukkah. But Ankedekach, the post can say, if you don't have a minhag and the idea of not sitting in a sukkah speaks to you, that's not enough of a reason. The halachic, right, uh, balance of nor, of sort of mainstream halacha is so much in favor of sitting in the sukkah on Shemini Tzaras and not making a bracha that in the absence of any minhag, that should certainly be the minhag that you adopt. Okay. So now another statement of Yochanan. We've already locked this one in stone. Halacha. Let's make another one Another statement that Rabbi Yochanan said regarding Shemini Atzeres as follows: Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Omer in Zman Rishmina Shel Chag, Bein Omer in Zman Rishvil Shel Pesach. Fascinating thing. I don't know if you noticed this. There's only one yantiv in all the yantivs that we have where we eat a suda. Only one of the regalim that we don't make a sheachiyanu. Can anybody think of what that is? Well, let's say Shvuas we make a sheachiyanu. We make a shechiyanu. I'm talking about the regalim now. Of course, Rosh Hashanah, there's a whole sig in its own right. We'll be learning Masechus Rosh Hashanah soon enough. But um, let's see. We certainly do on Sukkot. We do so on Shemini Atzeres. And we do so on the first night of Sukkot. We do so Shavuos. We do so the first day of Pesach. Ah, last days of Pesach. We don't make a shechiyanu. Huh. Have you ever thought of that? That's the only one. So let's see. Amar Yochanan. Omer Mizman B'Shemini Shachag. Shemini Atzeres, we say shechiyanu. But we don't say it. On that day, we don't say the uh, Let's unpack this. Know this, that the reason why we say that in fact, it's different. The Shemini Atzeres is different from the days of Sukkot in three ways. We will soon see, as we've already seen in the beginning of Sechus Yuma, that there are in fact six ways. But let's keep going. That on Sukkot, obviously, you sit in the Sukkot. You also shake Lulav. And there's also this idea of Nisuch So according to, right, um, the first Manda Amar, the Nisuch is only in Sukkot. And then Shemina Tzeres, it's discontinued. You don't do it. Well, Rabbi Yehuda, the Amar Behuda was of the opinion that actually you had Nisuch all eight days of Sukkot, meaning Sukkot as well as Shemina Tzeres. So according to him, Fine, so he doesn't have that distinction. You have Nisuchamayim all eight days, but certainly Sukkah and Lulav are unique to the holiday of Sukkot, which you do not do in Shemini Atzeres. To which the Gemara asks, Yachi, Shvi Shel Pesach Nami, Harei Cholik Bechilas Matzah. An interesting little uh, question here. 
we the Hava Amina, right? The the initial contention that perhaps the seventh day of Pesach does not have a commandment to eat Achilat Mas. So how, why do we think that? Amar Mar Lala Rishon Chova Mikan Ve'Elach Veshus. Somebody here. Somebody said Mar. Okay, that it is only a, a, a requirement to eat matzah on the very first night. The Gemara says, is that really a comparison? Regarding Pesach, wait a minute. It's not different from the first night. First of all, this is the first day. And then the rest of the Yantav is also optional. So, However, Shemini Atzeres is already different from the first day. In other words, the difference that in this stage of the Gemara is, that what we're saying is that after you've already said the Allah Chilis and the Seder, you don't even have a Chiyuv the next day. So already we see that the Chiyuv falls off, and therefore this is not having anything to do with the seventh day of Pesach. You're asking, why don't we say Allah Chilis on the seventh day of Pesach? Why don't we say Yashiach Yanu on the seventh day of Pesach? Well, those are very different because already by the end of the first night, already by the first day, there is no according to the Shita on Pesach. Um, so therefore it's different. So then it's certainly different as opposed to, right, Shemini Atzeres, um, where you have the very first day, certainly the entire day, you're Chayiv in Sukkah. Another answer, the one that you might have thought more intuitively on your own, Ravida Amar Zechalak Fanav. In other words, the eighth day of Shemini Atzeres is really different from what? the entire seven days preceding it, of Sukkot. However, the seventh day of Pesach is different only from the day which is prior to it, meaning it's only different for the first day. In other words, it's like the rest of Cholomoyed. See how that breaks down? In other words, what you have is like this. You have the first day of Pesach, and then you have all of Cholomoyed, and then all of a sudden you have the last day of Pesach. Okay? So the last day of Pesach is really just different, right, from the rest of, it's just like the rest of Cholomoed, except for that it's Yantiv. So it's really only different from the first day. It's really a, quite a question. Why is there no Malacha, right? It just says, right, on, the, on Pesach, it just says that there is going to be no Malacha on the seventh day. On Sukkot, we have no such thing. On Sukkot, the seventh day is Cholomoed. So it really is a fascinating distinction that I don't know, that is obvious and everybody knows it. I mean, fifth graders know it, but it's something that... When you contemplate why that is, it can get uh, it can get very deep. Anyway, so be that as it may, you see the difference is certainly um, this is really a kind of a, like a long analysis as to what we have already described as the difference between um, the seventh day of Pesach versus the seventh day of Sukkot. To which of Papa Amar Hachaksiv Par Vehasam Ksiv Parim. So now we're going to try to explain sort of in the Psukim how Shmini Yatzeres and the rest of Sukkot. Um, are different in the Psukim. Uh, we already described that this is really, there's some distinctions already um, in the Psukim, and when you look at Parshish Pinchas and you see it. Uh, and it's going to culminate in really the very famous acronym for the six differences that make a Shemin But let's first read inside some of the details here. We continue, with reference to Shemin Yatzeres, the eighth day, it says the day. And all the other days, it says and on the day, and on the day. As if to say, those are all a continuation, one or the other. Whereas this one is like a separate thing. And finally, right? And then, and then Hasam Ksiv Kimishpatam. So again, on the seventh day, it sounds like they're referring to Kimishpatam like as a conglomerate of seven days, as opposed to Kamishpat, it sounds like it's talking about only the eighth day 
on its lonesome as its own entity. Okay, so the Gemara at this point uh, um, supports Rabbi Yochanan's following. Leimim Sailei. The following Brisa. The Brisa says, Parim ha'ilim That when you have all the different karbanos, right, if any one of the animals was left out on any given day of Sukkot, then you can't bring any of the karbanos. It's me'akev. Okay, this is from Kamishpat. It's interesting. Rabbi Yehuda takes the fact, and this is a famous fact, you look at the Korban Musaf of each day of Sukkot, and you see we start, right? As, as Rashi explains, right? He goes through, right, how we go down in numbers of the number of, right? Right? And therefore, you see that they keep going down, 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 which is an indication that maybe not every single one of them is really uh, essential, which is to say the fact that we can have a large number and then go down means that not every single one is necessarily essential for the Chag. It's just essential for the effect of going down and maybe because we want the 70 at the end uh, as a total. But the bottom line is they're not really Ma'akev per se, okay? Amru lo, but they said to him, to the Rabbi Yehuda, Balokulam mitzmatim bochum bishmini. But not all of them, right? Because all of them, rather, even the rams and the sheep, they all go down on, on the Shemini. So Amar Lahem. So that's where he said to them, Shemini regular from the Atzmo. The difference is that the Shemini is regular from the Atzmo. That Brisa and that uh, statement of Rabbi Yehuda supports Rabbi Yochanan. As the Brisa continues to say, Shikashim, Shishivasim, Echak, Teunin, Korban, Bashir, Ubracha, Velina. Just like the seven days of any Chag, of this particular Chag of Sukkot, they require what? Every day requires its own sacrifice. And every day had its own song. And every day had its own bracha. And this idea of lina, which is that after a yantiv, you have to stay, after you bring a carbon on yantiv, you have to stay overnight in Yerushalayim. All of this is going to be discussed a little bit more in the Gemara. We're going to flesh out what this price means. But just like all of those aspects apply to the Yantiv of Sukkot, Av Shemini Yitzhan Korban Vashir Brachalina. So too, Shemini Yatzeres requires its own, right, Korban, its own song. Here Rashi is explaining, what's the song of Sukkot? What's the song of Shemini Yatzeres? So Rashi writes, he doesn't really know what the song of Shemini Yatzeres is. He knows the Sukkot we sing, like, special songs of Tehillim about Chesed, and all this, all through Yantiv. Uh, Tosos points out that what we say Shir, Perish B'Kutras, he's not sure what the Shir of Shmini is. However, in Masechah Sofrim, he quotes that they used to sing La Masech Al Hashminis. Okay. And that's what the, and that's what's Mashman Yerushalmi, and that's what the Levim used to sing. But be that as it may, there were songs that we don't know exactly what they were. It'd be fascinating. Maybe this base of Mikdash be rebuilt speedily so that we could, all the Levim could sing all the songs of Sukkot and all the songs of Shemini Yatzeres. So we see that they had their own, uh, their own sort of um, quality to each of them individually. So as we turn to Mem Zayin and Beis, um, we say the following, my love Zman. Okay. So now the question is like this, right? We said, Korban Shir Bracha So now, we ask the following, doesn't Zman, right, when he says Bracha, when he refers Rebihuda to bracha, right? Korban shir ubracha valina. Which bracha is he talking about? So we didn't know. So the Gemara is going to ask, isn't it talking about the Sheikh Yanu? That would then become a support for Rav Yehuda. And, right, that is a question. In other words, it, the fact that Rebihuda is saying that would be a support rather for Rav Yochanan. That we're saying a special blessing of Sheikh Yanu on Shemini Atzeres. The Gemara says, no, 
Berchos Hamazon Ritfila. We had this before, right? Rashi, when we were saying about Umevarchinon and Shemini Atzeres, were we talking about all the Brachos in Tfila and, and Berchos Hamazon? Or were we talking about Leisha Besukas? Now we're talking about, are we talking about all the Brachos? Or are we talking about the Sheikh Yanu, Rashi? Berchos Hamazon. That's what we've been saying all through Sukkot when we say Sukkot. Right? It's a new. Chasima uh, to the bracha, a new character to the bracha that is mentioned, a shame, right? That we are saying in the Berachos Hamazon in the Tefillah, and that is what Rashi uh, is explaining that it not is not necessarily the Sheikh Yanu that we're leaving out. It's simply a new bracha. So, in other words, this was supposed to be brought as a raya that we say Sheikh Yanu, right, on Shemini Atzeres, but the reality is that. The, when it says bracha, it's ambiguous. It could be just saying shmini chagatzeres as it. So the Gemara says, "Hakinachim nami mistabra." It kind of makes sense that that's what we're talking about shmini chagatzeres as opposed to shechianu because the Yisrael katayitachzman. Because if he thought that the bracha that's referenced in that price of Rabbi Yehuda is in fact the shechianu, then zman kol shiva miika. Well, that wouldn't make any sense because what is the bracha again? What was the statement of uh, of Rabbi Yehuda? It says it says that it's. So wait a minute. If it's Shechayanu, so then we don't say and bracha means Shechayanu. Then we don't say Shechayanu every single day of Sukkot. So it must mean right that all in the seven days of Sukkot we say not the Shechayanu, but what's referenced in that brisa that statement of Rabbi Huda is in fact that we say. Right, the Yom Sukkot says and then it's on the eighth day that we're saying Shmini Chagat Saras says Aha. However, the Gemara doesn't think that that's so compelling because it says, Halo Kasha, the Ilo Bricha Idna, because if you didn't say the Sheikhyonu today on the first day of Sukkot, Mivarach Lamachar or Leyom Achrina, then you would say it uh, tomorrow or the next day, which is to say that even though it's true that we don't say Sheikhyonu every single day, there is an idea that if you have not yet said Sheikhyonu, that you would say Sheikhyonu at your first opportunity, and therefore every day is really a day that you could say Sheikhyonu. It doesn't seem like that would be the push of shot and what the Bryce has said, but I guess the fact that that conceivably could be what the Bryce meant uh, makes it perhaps um, relevant to this, of uh, this discussion of Sheikhyonu. However, the Gemara still says, no, it can't refer to Shechianu because Because after all, when you're saying the bracha of Shechianu, you need to have a kos. And kos was not easy to come by. So we say, wait, Well, maybe the fact that it's not likely that we have a kos, combined with the fact that it could be that it's a Shechianu, is in fact going to be a reference point, a data point to support Rav Nachman, who says that you don't, in fact, need a kos for a Shechianu. Boom. Because he's saying what that you could say shechiyano even in the marketplace, which is to say without a kos. The amrus being on kos, kos called yamamika. Because after all, if you said you needed a kos, and Reb Nachman assumes that you could say shechiyano every day, does really everyone have access to a cup of wine every day? This idea of having a glass of red wine every day is something that was very foreign to them in those days. However, the Gemara rejects it because he says Dilma de ikla kos. Okay, listen. It, it, maybe it wasn't common, but one could conceive of the fact that there was a cause, and therefore maybe that was the case, and therefore maybe we are left with this ambiguity about whether this bracha was in fact a sheikhiyanu or not. So now we find ourselves eight lines down, Memzayin and Rebez, and we're going to return to Rabbi Yehuda's statement that he said in the Bryce as follows. Vesava Rabbi Yehuda shmini ta'on lina. This idea of lina. Did he really hold that the eighth day requires lina? After all. 
We have a Lina. Don't forget, Lina is something, staying overnight on in Yerushalayim, is something that you only have to do after like a real Yontiv, like a real Chag. Okay, so Pesach Sheini, you don't have to do so. Shneamar, how do we know? Ufanisa baboker velachta lalecha. It says in the pasuk right away. It says, "Go home <laughs> after you finish. Don't stick around. Don't do lina. Don't tarry around your shalim. You have brought the korban, right? Pesach sheni, and now go home." In the very next pasuk, it says you should eat the matzos six days. So as shaton shisha ton lina, as shenoton shisha enoton lina, which is to say, the only time you have lina is when you have one of these long yantivs. So you look at you look at the regalim, and we know which they are. Sukkot and Pesach are the long yantivs. Shavuos and Shemini Atzeres, those are the, like the one dayers or the two dayers. If at most, if you're in Chutzlarts, so it sounds from the Pesach Sheni example. It's only when you got those long six dayers, seven dayers, that you have to uh, stay, stay over in your shleim afterwards. But those small ones, not. So maybe Shemini, you should not require lina. Ah. So the mai. So in other words. That extra drasha, right? The pasuk was extending it only uh, in the context of Pesach Sheni, but the extra drasha was Lamute Mai, Lav Lamute Nami Shmini Chag. It's not to include Shmini Atzeres, which is one of these t- p- tiny holidays. Says the Gemara, Lo Lamute Pesach Sheni Tachavasei. No, it's coming only to exclude exclude Pesach Sheni. Because if you have to take the context seriously, and the context is only either Pesach or Pesach Sheni, and since we know it's not Pesach, it must be referring Dafka to Pesach Sheni, and therefore it's not a raya that you don't have Lina. There is, in fact, Lina after the Shemini at Saris. Okay. Now, we're going to support that notion. Hachinami Mistaber. It makes sense. Why? Did not. Because we learned in the Mishnah in Bikurim. It says, Habikurim to Unin Korban Bashir Tnufa Valina. There you go. When we bring the Bikurin, you have to bring a Korban, you have to sing a song, you have to do the famous waving of the Bikurin with the Kohen, and you also have to stay over in your Shalim. Man Shamat Le the Amar Tnufa. Now, who is the Tana that we said that you require the Tnufa? The waving is one of the aspects of the Bikurim. That's Rabbi Yehuda. The Ka'amar Ta'on Lina. And yet, he says that Bikurim require Lina, even though it's not followed, right? It's not any six-day observance. We're not talking about a large, one of the large yontiv. The Bikurim is just a one-time event, right? It's something, right, that you're bringing, not during, right, the the uh, the uh, large, dur- during the long, right, during the long um, Yomim Tovim, but rather it is a one-time event and still we have this idea of Lina and therefore we see that it's a Yehuda himself that does not attach this idea of having to have Lina with long Yomtivs. It could be only a short and therefore it should apply to Shemini Atzeres as well, the Tanya. As we said explicitly in Ebrisa, that Rabbi Yehuda is the one that says that you need Tnufa Belina. Where was that source? It was a Brisa where we said the following. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Vihinachto, you have to place it, right? This is talking about the, um, in Pasuk Yud, it says that you have to place it in front of Hashem, the Tnufa. That's talking about the owner of the Bikurim has to place the Bikurim down right after waving them. Ata Omer the Tnufa, Oeno Ela Hanachamamish. And the question is, do you have to actually wave it? Or what do you do? You set it down in front of the Kohanim and the Kohanim um, have to eat it, but it doesn't really mean that you have to wave it. So, so we say like this, 
earlier when we said in Pasuk Dal that the coin has to put it in front of the Mizbeach, that was Hanukkah. So then what, how do I account for this thing that you have to be Hinachto? So the second Hinachto is redundant. And therefore it's coming to teach you something above and beyond just placing it down. Which is to say, that is talking about lifting it up. For what purpose would you lift it up at that point? For the purpose of waving it. Therefore we see that Yehuda holds that it's Tnufa. Once we see that it's Rabbi Yehuda holds that you have the Tanufa, and therefore it is therefore presumably he who made the entire statement that Bikurim required Tanufa and Lina, so we see therefore that Rabbi Yehuda also required Lina, which therefore means that he does not need a long yuntiv to attach it to Lina, which therefore means that there could be Lina after Shemini Atzeres as well. However, the Gemara says, maybe the Mishnah is not according to Rabbi Yehuda, but rather according to Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Why? It says that the coin has to take the, back, the basket from your hand. Okay. Um, and that's what the Torah teaches you, that they require Tanufa. What happened just now? What happened was Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov brought a source that the Bikurim required Tanufa. Okay, well, once Rabbi Lezben Yaakov is bringing a source that required Tznufa, it could, in fact, be Rabbi Lezben Yaakov who made this statement also with respect to Lina. And therefore, we do not have a source, Beferish, that is Rabbi Yehuda who holds that, and therefore, we still don't know. We don't have a proof that Rabbi Yehuda holds that Lina is required even after Shemini Atzeres. Now, how does Rabbi Lezben Yaakov see Tznufa in those psukim? All it says, it doesn't say anything about waving. It says the Gemara, my time with your husband Yaakov, yad yad because it says, in the Gzeir Shava, has to do with the Korban HaShlomim. As we just said in the Pasuk, it says the coin, it's taking the basket from your hand in the Bikurim. And there it says, with regards to the that the owner has to bring it with his own hands in order to wave. In that particular Pasuk, it says that he's going to be waving it. So since that's what it says, it we have the Gzair Shavah, just like he's waving it in the Shlomim, he's also going to be waving it in the Bikurim. As it says, Makan Kohen, just like there in Bikurim, right, you have the Tnufa done by the Kohen, Aflahalan Kohen. So to here, in the case of the Shlomim, you have Tnufa doing by the Kohen, Umalahalan Balim. And just like in the case of Shlomim, it's the owner that has to wave it, as it says, with his whole own hands, Afkan Balim. So to here in the Bikurim, it is the Balim, in fact, that are doing the waving, which is to say that they're both holding the Bikurim together and waving them as the Gemara continues to conclude how according to Blazman Yaakov is all of this waving done by both the owner and the coin as follows if the coin is putting his hands under the yad of the owner and they are waving it together and thus this is Blazman Yaakov reads the waving of right the the tenufa of the Bikurim into the Psukim with this Gzer Shava, a beautiful expose, exposition on how that is done. And once we do that, it could be Rabbi Lezabin Yaakov, once again, who is the author, and we do not ascribe the waving necessarily to Rabbi Yehuda. So now just concluding with the final discussion regarding whether you make a Sheikh Yanu, in fact, on Shemini Atzeres, the Gemara asks, my Havi Allah, well, what is it therefore? What's Allah? What After all is said and done, what is going to be the ultimate decision? Whether we say Sheikh Hayyanu on Shemini Yetzirah. Well, Rav Nachman Omrim Omrim Zman Bishmini Shilchag. Rav Nachman holds that we do in fact say 
Whereas Rav Sheshis disagrees, he says we don't say Shechianu on Shemini Atzeres. To which the Gemara concludes definitively, We do not hold like Rav Sheshis, we say Omrim Zman rather, Bishmini Shechag. We do say Shechianu on Shemini Atzeres, as Rav Nachman suggested. And now we're going to bring a support to that. Tanya Kabaseder of Nachman. Finally, we bring the famous Brisa in support of Nachman, which says the following Shmini, which is the last word of Zion Rebbez. As we arrive at Memchesim at Alf, we're going to go the extra four miles over here, the extra four lines to the Mishnah on top over here, where it says Shmini is a regel bifne atzmo. It's considered an independent Yantiv, Le'inyan, Pazar Kashav. There is the mnemonic. Pazar Kashav, which stands for pay, Pius Bifneyatmo. It has an independent lottery. This is an interesting idea where we know that during each of the seven days of Sukkot, the Mishmaros would have a rotation system and they would receive right their day's rotation based on, uh, the, uh, in order to determine who did what job. However, on Shemini Atzeres, since it's a smaller Chag and you could not possibly accommodate all of the Mishmaros, they would determine the Mishmar based on a pious. This is what Rashi explains, and therefore that is something that was unique and independent, right? The divvying up of, right? In other words, one could have said, if it's part of Sukkot, so then we'll just include it in the rotation. But it's not. It's a regular with Neatmo, and therefore we have a separate lottery system for that separate regular with Neatmo. Zman is the Zain of Pazar Kashav. Zman is Zman with Neatmo, which is that we say Sheikh Yanu, right, which we'll be talking about over here. Okay, the Reish of Pazar Kashav is Regel Bifnei Atzmo. Well, doesn't that seem to include all of them? Well, we have a lot of the Rishonim explain in which way specifically it was referring to. Rashi says it's in the sense that we don't sit in the Sukkah. Tosva says it's with the aforementioned idea of Lina that applies to Shemini Atzeres. And some suggest it's also Avelis that can be broken up. If someone, Chalila, has a, uh, somebody suffers the, the way the halacha works with Hilchas Avelis is if somebody uh, suffers a loss and becomes an oval before Sukkot, let's say, Sukkot ends the Shiva, okay? But if somebody were to, let's say, uh, hit Avelis in the middle of Shiva, um, rather, in the middle of Yantiv, so then Shiva would start right after Yantiv. But if somebody did, in fact, right, Rahman al-Atzlan become an Avel in the middle of Sukkot, so whereas normally if it happened in the middle of Pesach, you would start Shiva after Pesach, if it's in the middle of Sukkot, you technically, theoretically, would start Shiva after Sukkot, but for the fact that Shemini Atzeres, being regal Bifneyatzmo, would stop that Avelos as well, just like any Yantiv, any regal would. Okay. Korban uh, Bifneyatzmo, it has its own independent Korbanos, as we know. And Shira Bifneyatzmo, its own songs, as we've described. The Alam Tzach the Shemini, as opposed to the songs that Rashi explained. And bracha bifnei atzmo, which is yom hashmini And so, for, with that, we conclude the pazar kashav, the six ways in which shmini atzeres is different from sukkas. Tomorrow, we'll start with the halal and the, and and how we say the halal of simcha of chag, and also the procedure of leaving the sukkah and entering shmini atzeres in order to cause a demarcation, among other fascinating associate topics. Look forward to gathering again tomorrow.